0: hello and welcome back to the living on purpose podcast with sam and pastor john this week we have our next question this is episode 14 and here's the question is hell a real place and also this is going to be a two-part podcast so you'll have to listen to the second part next thursday so Let's, let's dive in here, John. Is hell a real place? Well, this is a crazy question, right? I mean, for years, uh, everyone just believed that hell was a real place. Mm-hmm. For many, many years, historically, uh, that wouldn't have been a question. But now all of a sudden, in contemporary, we'll use that term loosely, Christianity, it's become a real question, right? Is hell a real place? A lot of people don't believe in this. Uh, liberal Christianity is saying that it's more imagery in the Bible and not an actual real place. And so what's kind of come out of this is this belief called universalism, this idea that Jesus will reconcile all people to himself, no matter whether they have accepted or rejected him in this life, based on what I believe is a misrepresentation of Philippians 2, 10 and 11, where Paul said, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So literally, uh, they're saying, people that believe in universalism, people that believe that Jesus will reconcile all things to himself, they're literally saying it doesn't really matter what you do, Jesus is gonna make it all right in the end. And um what they're saying is, is that everyone goes to heaven. And Mm -hmm. so that's a belief that we do not subscribe to at Emmanuel. We believe that there is salvation for those who call upon Jesus and trust in him alone to save them from their sin. And we believe that there is a punishment for those who reject Jesus Christ in this earth, in this world, and that is hell. So what should we do? Mm -hmm. We should look in the Bible, right? Absolutely. What does the Bible say about hell? So if you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to read a few verses out of there in just a moment. But I want to make one major point today. And then next week, we'll look at another major point. Okay. And so the first major point is that hell is everlasting punishment. That's what the Bible describes it as. So in Matthew chapter 25, in verse 31, the Bible says, when the son of man comes in his glory... And all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory and all the nations will be gathered before him. So this is the second coming of Christ. The Bible says he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Notice this, he says in verse 35, For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer Jesus and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. I want to stop there for a minute. Mm -hmm. It's really important to understand. A lot of people take this out of context and this turns into like a social gospel because they think, well, just take care of those people that are poor, take care of those people uh, that are ill privileged. And we should do these things. But in context, Jesus is talking about professed disciples of his that took care of people that were also his. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like in the church world, having a benevolent fund and caring for our widows, caring for uh, the fatherless, caring for those who are poor and struggling and battling and all the things that we do, right? Mm-hmm. You're giving an image of who you really are. You're a follower of Jesus because you care about the things that Jesus cared about. So... Jesus talks about this reality. But then we read on and you see the opposite. Okay? He says, Then he will say to those, this is verse 41, on his left, Apart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Mm-hmm. So we need to understand up front that hell is a place that originally was prepared for Satan and his angels. But the fact is, is that it's a place that we can find ourselves if we don't have a relationship with Christ? And how do we know that we have a relationship with Christ? Well, we're gonna live in such a way that honors God. Now clearly, you can do a lot of things and not have Jesus as your savior though. I wanna be careful of that. We're saved by grace through faith, not of good works. The Bible says lest any man should boast. But we do see the person here who rejected Christ did not in even actions prove himself to be a follower of Christ. And the Bible says that he is sent into eternal fire Prepare for the devil and his angels. He says in verse 42, For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me, and I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not come after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then he says in verse 46, then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Now notice the wording there, Mm -hmm. eternal punishment. Eternal is a long time. It's a long time, right? Yeah. And so that's really what is a very vivid description of a place called hell. Now we don't have a ton of time to get into every verse but the Bible does describe in Matthew chapter 25, and verse 41, that hell is an everlasting fire, we read that. Mm-hmm. In chapter three and verse 12, it describes hell as unquenchable fire. In the book of Daniel, prophetically, many years before Jesus even came to the earth, chapter 12 and verse two, it describes hell as a place of shame and everlasting contempt. In the Gospel of Mark, Mark's presentation of the life of Jesus, In chapter 9 and verse 44 through 49, hell is described as a place where the worm does not die, where fire is not quenched. Now there's more to that later that I want to share uh, in next week's episode, but it's important to recognize that description. Hell is also described in Luke chapter 16 verses 23 and 24 as a place of torments and flame. It's also described as an everlasting destruction in 2 Thessalonians 1 and verse 9. And the last place that I want you to turn to, or at least listen to, is found in Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 10, where hell is described as the lake of fire and brimstone, where the wicked are tormented day and night forever and ever. So chapter 20 of Revelation and verse 10, the Bible says this, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, the lake of fire, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then it says in verse 11, Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. By the way, the great white throne is the judgment where people are separated and sent eternally to either heaven or hell. It says... Earth and sky fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what had been done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and Hades, and by the way, next week we'll talk about what Hades is all about, okay? Gave up the dead that were in them and each person was judged according to what he had done. And death in Hades was thrown into the lake of fire. Lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So literally, Mm -hmm. this is eternal separation from the presence of God in a loving relationship. Now we can never get away from the presence of God completely because God is omnipresent, he Mm -hmm. is everywhere. Mm But literally, this is eternal separation from God. And so the thing I would say, and this is where I want to wet your uh, whistle, so to speak, Mm -hmm. I guess, Mm -hmm. wet your appetite is, is how can the Bible be so descriptive of a place that's imaginary? Right. And so for us in this first episode, I want you to think about this reality. Maybe you can take the time to look up the verses yourself. We need to understand that hell is a real place. Jesus spoke more about hell than he spoke about heaven. Hmm. That's amazing to think about, but it's a true fact. Mm -hmm. And so for us, we need to be warned of a place called hell. We think of the most popular verse in the Bible. What is it? John 3.16. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, perish, but have everlasting life. Hmm. And so we think about the warnings that the word of god gives to us in in literally the example of hell being a place of torment. And so, you know, as a little kid I was always afraid I was going to go to hell, so mm-hmm. I asked Jesus to save me every day, every hour on the hour. Kind of, <laughs> you know, maybe I didn't pray it right. I don't want to go to hell and burn, you know. And so, as a little kid, I think sometimes it's really easy to be afraid of a place called hell. Uh, I don't think that should be the main motivation of calling upon Jesus to save us and then living for him. I think our motivation should be gratitude that he would send, that God would send his son Jesus into this world, live a sinless life, die a very painful death, and then rise again the third day according to Scripture and overcome sin and death for us because the Bible says we should love him. Why? Because he first loved us. He demonstrated that love toward us. And Mm so I think that's the reality of it. Um, So we shouldn't be afraid of hell, but should we be leery of it and should we understand what we're up against if we decide to reject God and to live our own life apart from God? And I think absolutely we should realize what is in front of us. And so liberal Christianity will say this is not a real place, it's an imaginary place, but that is not historically what Christianity has believed Uh, And more importantly, it's not at all what the Bible teaches. And so it's important that we understand that hell absolutely is a real place. And next week we'll talk further about different words in the Bible that describe hell and then a story literally giving names um, that really drives it home. Okay, great. Man, my appetite is whetted (laughs) and I'm excited to, to hear what we have to say next week. So thank you for tuning in this week. And we will see you and talk to you next week.